0: Hey there, listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to SIN's Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about The Counselors by Jessica Goodwin Goodman. <coughs> sorry. Um, and I have to say, uh, I really... <coughs> sorry, pardon me. I really did enjoy uh, this novel. I kind of blew through it. So the story follows Goldie. Um as the story begins, you know something happened during the school year. She's pretty much ostracized, and she's looking forward to going back to the um, stayover camp, the summer camp, um, that pretty much funds her town. and she gets to go pretty much for free because her parents work there. And now she's a counselor there hmm so yes as you would imagine it is a camp for rich kids it doesn't let in the townies it's super exclusive right and now it's the place that she's always felt safest for Goldie her home away from home where no one knows what happened during the school year and you're left wondering well, what the heck happened right is going to be important to the story when her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend is found dead on the in the camp's lake which is considered private property you are once again kind of thrown like oh shit Because you know Goldie didn't do anything. Or you think Goldie didn't do anything. There's a lot of misdirection here. Um, And the way the story flows kind of builds that tension and the mystery. Because it's not linear. Goldie is remembering her past. She's remembering two aspects of her past. She's remembering her relationship with Ava and Emojin. And she's also remembering her relationship with... Her boyfriend the events that do coincide with one another but also tend to clash I think it's very well done uh, this storytelling and I like the way that it's non-linear you know we don't remember our past in the linear fashion anything can strike up a memory so it's not going to be linear how we remember things and i like the way that goldman kind of capitalizes on that you know she's got the then and the now and the then's really do have an impact on either a scene that is about to happen or a scene that just happened it really does add to the character dynamics really does add to the history and the story building And establishing really strong relationships between the characters, which is crucial for this type of story. It's a mystery thriller. On some level, we have to connect to these characters. I mean, we have to connect to the characters no matter what you're reading. Um, But it's really crucial for the way that Goodman has done this story, the way she has structured it. It's very well done. It highlights just how important friendship is. And that's another thing that I took away from the story. There really is a strong definition of um, sorry strong definition of a female friendship. You've got three friends, Emojin, Ava, and Goldie and what works really well with the story is the fact that it um, sorry I lost my train of thought for a second (laughs) it's a strong definition of a female friendship because there you got two friends who are, I guess, Upper East Siders, I could call them. And then you have Goldie, who, by definition, would be considered a townie. But everyone's like, no, you're not like them. And she's just like, well, what makes me so different? She does note that her two friends, Goldie, she does note that Ava and Emojin are not always self-aware. They are privileged. They are of the privileged class. But what I think is really great is... How they do not mistreat Goldie at all. They acknowledge that she is a townie, you know, she is from this small little town, and they don't look down on her for it. You know, they don't make her feel inadequate. They're just, they never once think, oh, well, we're rich, so we're better than you. Not with regards to her. They do offer her that respect. And I think it's the fact that their lives, aren't as perfect as people think, that also allows them to really look at the town, not so much as just, like, this little town that wouldn't survive if it weren't for the camp, but it's just, there's a lot of goodness in these characters, and the way that they stand together really defines the novel they have their secrets, sure, and they keep their secrets from one another mainly because they're kind of ashamed, you know, they don't want their friends to think differently of them and I think that that's what's really empowering is when all three characters really do come and admit everything to themselves, all the secrets that they've been keeping it's so wonderful to see three female characters bonded together, even stronger, and they just hug it out and cry, and they get mad at each other for, you know, keeping the secret in the first place, but they understand, you know, each of them didn't want the other two to think badly of them or poorly of them or judge them, and I think that that notes something in society, that women, and I guess this is just the way Society has, you know, just grown, unfortunately. But women tend to shame other women instead of standing by them. You don't always have to agree with someone. In these characters, you know, they don't always agree with one another or with their decisions, but they don't shame one of the characters for it. They're just like, okay, this happened, what do you need from me? They're like, come here, let's hug it out. Um, They're there for them in their moment of need. They don't shame them. And I think that that's very empowering to see these three female characters, two rich, one, you know, middle class, bonded, and not think lesser of each other. You know, there is this definite class difference that Goodman does highlight in the story. You know, the camp is full of rich kids, and then you've got the small little town, um, where no one, you know, you, you just kind of get stuck there. So it's very hard to actually get out. And you have this little town undermined by all the rich people. So there definitely is a discussion of class separation in the novel, which I, again, I did like that it does add to the mystery because you know that there's something going on here and you know everything is interconnected Goldie and her friends their relationship is interconnected you've got um the camp and the town interconnected Goldie and her boyfriend and the camp interconnected everything is interconnected it's a giant weave a giant web and you're just trying to figure out okay how Is it all interconnected? What is bringing them all together? You don't find out until the end, which I think is great. Um, Yeah, everything is interconnected, but nothing is given away until the very end. You don't see how everything is interconnected until the very end. And that's good. It works. It's not jarring. The way Goodman structured it, the way she's just kind of layering things in through Goldie's memory, It makes the story worth reading, because it is interconnected, it is mysterious, especially once um, Goldie's boyfriend ends up dead in the lake, you know, you're just like, what the heck? (coughs) Like, one chapter ago he was alive and now he's not, what? So, the web of mystery is there. And it's unpredictable like the ending didn't even see it coming those characters were not even number one we're in the top five of my suspect list that's another thing Goodman does she's really good at misdirection she's really good at planting a bunch of red herrings and you're just like it's obviously a red herring but you can't have that you can't help that nagging feeling in the back of your head like but maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's an obvious red herring. So it is that person. Or maybe it's that person. Or maybe it's that person. She keeps you guessing <laughs> who the murderer is. And that's what's really good for the story. I personally enjoyed it. I kind of just flew through it. Once I hit that halfway mark, I'm like, okay, I need to see what who did it. I need I need to know who done it. <laughs> so once I went past that halfway mark, I just couldn't put it down, and I was just like, I need to know, I need to know, I and I need, and I blew through it that last half. um, I took my time with the first half because I was also reading like two different books at the same time. But once I hit the halfway mark, I'm like, ugh, I need to know, I need to know. I was like itching um, to just finish it so I could figure out who done it. That's the thing with mysteries, you know. Once you get to that point, you're just like, oh, I can't put it down, I need to know. And that's what makes it a good mystery. So, I have to give um, the counselors four to five stars. I really do like how it highlights a really strong female um, friendship, one that's not taken down by um, social constructs or boys. I like how she highlights like, yeah, there is a definite difference in class status with these girls but they do not let that define their relationship and their friendship. Um, I like how the story does talk about class differences and how sometimes it can just something seems good but it can negate all the good it does by oppressing the lower and middle in class Mi- lower and, um, middle-class people, you know? So, and I love the pacing. The pacing was amazing. Um, that mystery, the way it's unpredictable, it keeps you guessing. Those multiple mis- those multiple red herrings and use of misdirection, I think they were all layered together and they worked together to really build a strong story. So, once again, the counselors, I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Please remember, if you want to purchase the book, to please purchase from your local bookseller or online book retailer. All I ask is that you support your bookstores versus purchasing the book off of Amazon. You can go on bookshop.org, purchase there, and donate a book to a local independently-owned bookstore nearest you. And if the bookstore is closest to you, I say give them a visit. Um Barnes Noble.com does ship across the country and internationally. Just because there's not a Barnes & Noble nearest you, doesn't mean you can't shop online from them. If you're going to shop online anyway, you might as well support your bookstores and do it by using Bookshop and Barnes & Noble. If your excuse is, oh, well, it's cheap on Amazon, well, then, you know what's really cheap? Your local library. You can get books for free. So please support your local library and get the book from them if money is very tight and you're on a budget. On that note, I hope you all will support this podcast by liking it and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Buy Me a Coffee or on Anchor FM, my recording platform. I've got information on all of that in the description of this podcast. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading.